program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello and welcome to Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest, Angie Smart. But right now, your thing says Angela Dawn. So is this another alias that I don't know about, my friend? You know, actually, you don't even know about my newest alias. It's Angela Goff. I got married last February, so I don't I really to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I go by Angela Dawn with all my business stuff. Okay, very cute. Um, yeah. I love that because I'm like, wait, why? Why do I not know this? I, my whole entire world is being questioned right now that I don't know my friend's name. So we met originally through Illuminate, which was a women's fabulous networking thing that I love and miss. Shout out to Katie Holland. Get that going again, right? Yeah. Fun because it was all us women and not that we dislike men. No. We, we do not dislike the men. We just, it's just fun to network with women who are like, how do I balance this and my kid? And then we talk and there'd be tears and laughter and men typically have a wife at home helping to balance all the things for them so and we love men not a lot of the women we dealt with yes a lot of the women we met (laughs) exactly (laughs) lots of tears there and fun okay so you got married last february because you had gone through tell them a little bit of your story because it's a great story Oh, it's, it really is kind of my hottest story to, you know, um, to tell, but yeah, I met my husband, my new husband in, um, July of 2018. And I just walked into a network business, business meeting, a, a business networking meeting, and there's about 80 people in the room and, um, his energy, that's the best way I can describe it. Just pulled me across the room. Yeah. Hold on. Let's play with the mic because there's a reverb at some parts. Oh, there is? Yeah. So lean back a little bit. Now talk. How's that? That's fantastic. Say a few more words just to make sure. Okay. How is that right there? I feel better about that. Lean forward to see if I'm right. Is this bad? That's worse. Okay. They're they're not going to see us. Okay. So even though you're worth seeing, they're not going to see us. Okay. So, but we want the sound to not be too difficult for, for Chris to. Hey, I'm going to be right here. All right. Yeah. So I met him in this business networking meeting and his energy just pulled me right across the room. And I I am sorry. It's doing it again. It's like this on some of your words. Oh, that is so weird. Yeah. So I have have a heater on because my office has like three outside walls it's do you think, think it's, it's the heater? heater it's like when you're some of your words there's kind of this um like a reverb I don't know if that's even the right term and my media company is probably laughing when they listen to this because they'll be like it's not a reverb it's this but it's just kind of like a you know a, weird yeah and right now it sounds fine 
but you know, you talk about energy and you're sending all these vibes or something. Maybe it's just you and you're magnetic. <laughs> Go into that conversation and it just changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because it did. <laughs> Again. <laughs> okay. Well, I have, let me see if it's my computer. I have it up on like, I have it raised up a little bit. Um, sometimes I feel like that helps the speakers, but maybe it's not. How is that? Okay, keep talking. Say things. Does that, does that work better? Yeah, maybe. I feel like it's going better. I just, you know, okay. don't want to interrupt okay. your whole flow again. Well, we'll give it a try. Okay. How lean about forward, that? Lean forward and talk. How is this? Not yeah. so good. Yeah. How is this? Both are fine. Oh, good. Okay. 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 Right. Excellent. I just, it was just like, you're like his energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it did to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Take two. I walked into this business networking meeting and there was a lot of people in the room, about 80 people, and his energy pulled me across the room. And I'd never experienced anything like that. I immediately recognized him. And yet, because of some recognition that I didn't know where it came from, I started going into my memories like, okay, where did I meet him? Did I see him somewhere? How did I, where, where do I know this person from? And with that particular meeting, I had to attend it every single week. So every week moving forward, because it would be weird to just walk up to him and say, hey, this is really weird. I feel you. And so I just I feel you. Yeah, that. I mean, I think a lot of men would probably like a beautiful woman to come up to me and say, I feel you. <laughs> right? But it is a business network. It was. <laughs> yeah. And we tried to, you know, I, I realized like at first I thought, oh, I think he's married. He conducts himself kind of like a married man. And so about three months went by of seeing him every week and me trying to figure out in my head, how do I know okay, him? Wait, so yeah. did he have a wedding ring on? No, he did not. But there's a lot of people that don't, you know, but he really did not put off a vibe of I'm single. So I kind of just kept my distance, tried to figure it out. And eventually within this group, we're, we're kind of asked to get to know everyone on a personal basis. Was it, so BNI? it was BNI. Yep. Yeah. For any of you who know that. And, and so finally, about three months later, we sat down and got to know each other. And it was then that I learned, oh, he's single. And he learned I was single. He thought I was married too, I learned. And so about a month after that, he asked me out. And on our third date, um, yeah, he was asking me that as a one-on-one, -on -one, the date and the networking group. You're like, no, but it really was a one, a funny one-on-one -on -one cause we didn't do a traditional one-on-one. -on -one. He invited me to go hiking. Then it was raining that day. So we went, um, to a different networking event that was not BNI and we showed up dressed up cause it was an evening event and everyone thought we were on a date, but we were there to just kind of network together and network with other people. And, but they took a picture of us when we walked in the door. So we actually have a a picture from the first time we were together and everything. It was really funny. And um, so we were kind of sitting there on our third date and he said, now, will you explain to me why you do mindset programming and um, why you're a coach? And I said, yeah, you know, um, in 2006, I experienced a spontaneous healing. I had been dealing with debilitating back pain for nearly 10 years. And, and I said, and by understanding my mind and, and learning the things that I needed to understand about 
I call it the science of my being, I was able to sit with myself one evening and um, really all the light bulbs went on and I saw where I was out of alignment. I saw what beliefs were triggering me. And in that moment, I also, well, for the year before I had been learning that my mom had the same back pain. My grandma had the same back pain that I had. We all had the same belief system and it was tied to believing we were with the wrong person. Sounds silly, but it was a really deep no, subconscious it, belief. <laughs> it's uh, the, you know, when you, you hear about generational patterns, yeah. And so what what struck me about your story, obviously, there's like what I would call a miracle of yeah. the spontaneous healing, and what how the miracle comes about. I think people just th- hear think of miracles as just like, and then God came in and touched me, and it was good. No, yeah. I think he uses natural methods, right, to do things. Right. But that is generational is something that really has stuck with me about your story. Yeah. And it's, it's a pattern that um, patterns are paternal and the matrix or quantum entanglement is maternal. So you see that between okay, pattern. Say that again. Yeah. So I've learned, uh, I've, I've dove deep into studying all this because my mind was blown when I spontaneously healed um, all those years ago, but patterns are paternal. Okay, so these are like the habits. These are no, not necessarily habits, but they show up. They look like habits, but yes, they're patterns of belief systems. Um, they show up over and over and over again. It's kind of, it, I don't know how deep we want to go, but it's in the Fibonacci sequence. You pull a leaf off a tree, you see certain patterns. You cut a shell in half, you see certain patterns. You Patterns show up in nature. They're paternal. And um, the, the matrix or uh, quantum entanglement, we're all entangled and tied to our mother. Together. That's what's holding it all together is maternal. And, and we see that from like when we're born, we come out of the womb, we're still connected to our mom through that umbilical cord. The two came from one, in other words. And so I started seeing a lot of these, the, the, the quantum entanglement in my experience, and then also the patterns. And I was kind of really blown away by it all. And, um, so I was sharing my story with him on this third date. And I just said, you know, so when it all kind of came to my awareness was I recognized the belief I had, I feel like I'm with the wrong person. Okay. Where did that come from? And I, I kind of contemplated back in my life. And I remembered in my, when I was 12 or 13, hearing my mom say, Oh, I should have married Zeke. She was, she was kind of frustrated one day. She was stressed and it literally just came out of her mouth. And to this day, I have five other siblings. One of them, a child. Yeah, I was processing this. She was processing it as you know, as an adult, as a mom, and yet she How old was you. I was twelve or thirteen. So you're twelve or thirteen, and your mom saying, "I'm with the wrong person." That's pretty heavy, Angie. Yeah, it is, and yet my memory was I just like it didn't really affect me. I but a few years later, in my high school years, I asked my mom. So tell me, who is this Zeke? Because I heard her say it another time. And and she said, well, you know, I loved him. I dated him for seven years from when I was 23 to 30 years old. And she said, I thought we'd get married. And he never asked me. And so I was getting older. I wanted to have a family. So I opened myself up to other relationships. And she met my dad. So she met both of them in a choir that she was a part of. And my dad joined the choir and started asking her out. Well, when I started looking at all of my patterns in my life, I had two guys that wanted to marry me. 
And I met both of them while working at Franklin Covey. So all three of us were at Franklin. She and her, those two guys were in a choir. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. It's like the same thing, but in another space and time. And um, so anyway, I was sharing this whole story with him. And I said, I realized that I have the same belief because in my head, right after I got married, I started thinking, oh, should I have married this other person? Like, should I, should I have made this other choice? And it never would go away. It was a story that just repeated for well over a decade. And, and, um, and so as I shared this with him, he stopped me and he goes, wait a minute. He said, did you say they were all in a choir together? And I said, yeah, why are you asking me about the choir? No, no, no. Okay. I'm like, And he says, well, was it the Sacerdolce Choir? And I said, yeah. How do you know the name of the choir? And he said, the choir again? Sacerdolce Choir. Okay. So I was like, and, was that her mic going weird again? Okay. Yeah. No, it existed like 50 years ago. And um, and then they had re- reunions every year till my mom passed away. Like they, they may still have reunions. I don't know. But um, anyway, I said, how do you know the name of the choir? And he said, Angie, my dad is Zeke. And I went, what? Wait, what's happening to me? You know? And so I looked at him. Yeah, because about three months before I met him, I, all I can say is spirit was poking me. And no, I, I'm sorry, but, I just I just have to have my mind blown for a minute here. This is crazy. Right? It oh, is. I love it. Like you cannot write real life. Like maybe they'd be like, that's so hallmarky, but this is like, this is real life. This is awesome. Okay. Yeah. I told him, I'm like, have you ever seen the movie, the age of Adeline? Oh, is it a bonnet flick? No, it's, oh, I'm even trying to remember who's in it. I can't remember the names of them, but. Well, now I'll put it on my list, but I haven't seen it but it's a woman who doesn't age and she fell in love with a man and then because she doesn't age she had to break up with him and go her separate way but she always loved him and like 50 years later she meets another man and falls in love with him more than any other man and then that guy takes her home to meet his parents and it was his dad that she had loved 50 years before and I I told Steve my husband I said this is weird. Like, this is like the age of Adeline, like that movie. Oh my gosh, what's happening. And so, um, so wait, yeah. had, had um, Zeke's son, whose name is Steve, Steve. Okay. Yeah. Had Steve heard about your mom from Zeke? So he had heard the name Mary a couple times when he was younger. And, um, what was interesting is my mom passed away two years before I met him. And yet she started she literally started dropping bombs like everywhere I went and I'm like what is going on that night I kind of after we ended our date I was walking to my car and I was thinking I for the first time ever I spoke out loud to my mom and I just said mom if you are or if you are behind this will you please just give me a sign and this is going to sound a little woo woo but I hopped in my car and I never listened to the radio but this one time I turned on the radio And there was a song that was literally just starting and it sounded familiar. And I thought, huh, what is that? And I looked down at my dash and it was a Stevie Wonder song. Now, here's what's funny. I never listened to Stevie Wonder, but Stevie Wonder was my mom's favorite singer. Every time he came on the radio, she's like, oh, I love Stevie Wonder. And and the first line of that song was music is the language we all can understand. And I went, oh, my goodness. And and then I looked again. I was like, Stevie Wonder. 
Well, that's his name's Steve. Oh, this is so funny. There's so many parallels here. Of the choir. It all right. <laughs> music. Yep. And I, I made that connection. I was like, wow, this is funny. So it was kind of funny, but yeah, about three months before I met him, spirit was poking me and telling me, um, I just kept getting this thought, you need to study quantum physics. And I was like, I don't know. I am kind of a nerd. I love to study things. So lo and behold, I started researching quantum physics. I really had never taken any courses in it, nothing. And but quickly I went from quantum physics into quantum entanglement and I started reading and learning all about it. And so the moment he said that I looked at him and it literally flew out of my mouth. I said, Oh my goodness, we are quantum entangled. And he said, what? So okay, we is, had discussions about it. Line, I feel you. We're quantum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All, all you single ladies. <laughs> this, is, this is magic. We're quantum entangled. <laughs> right. You catch him by that, but no, you see yeah. this weird line, you know, no offense, but it's not yeah. a common line, right? And what what's his reaction? How does Steve take that in? Well, it was our third date, so we already knew we were interested in each other, right? And he he had taken quantum physics in college, and so he kind of knew where I was going with that. And so anyway, yeah, he he didn't slough it off. Um, we've always had a really really cool appreciation for each other. I just um, want to I, hear his cool nerd line. He you know, doesn't comes back. You know, was he like, yes, math. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny because we were headed to a Halloween party. We were totally dressed up in these beautiful, like old garb from, I don't know, a, you know, a century or two ago. And, um, and that whole night, I just remember being in this at this party with all these people around. And anytime he was across the room, it was like I was feeling that energy again. I could sense it. Like, and he would look, we would look at the same time at each other. And it was just very, very interesting and beautiful and fun. And yet, um, yeah, what we started to discover, the more and more we got to know each other, there was a um, I don't know, maybe six months into dating, I saw a scar on his back that's like seven inches long and it was right where my back hurt all those years. And so I looked at it and I went, hey, what, what, what happened to your back? That's right where my back hurt all those years when I told you that back pain story. And he said, the weirdest thing, he said, I slipped in the shower one day and as I went down, my elbow broke the, the ceramic soap dish on the side of the wall and it left this sharp jag and he said and then I fell and my back sliced across it cut an inch and a half deep in his back and sliced both arteries so he said I was bleeding like an elephant and um and so he cut one artery all the way and the other one halfway he nearly lost all his blood and and I was like that's weird like I've never slipped in the shower you know I'm like I'm 45 years old I've never slipped in the shower and he goes yeah it was so weird I could never figure out why did I slip and about another six or 12 months passed and we had started experiencing all of these um, things at the same time. And we were becoming very aware, like he, he cut or he dropped a candy dish one day at work and cut his pinky. And that same day I tripped in my bedroom and, and hit my, my same pinky on a dresser and cut it. And he came home with a bandaid and I was like, Wait, what happened to your finger? And we realized it happened at nearly the same time, if not the same time. And then, um, so I went back to his back one day and I said, 
do you remember when that happened? Like exactly when that happened to your back? And he said, well, it was the spring of 2006 on a Saturday night. And I said, are you serious? Because my back happened spring of 2006 on a Saturday night when I healed it. And so we looked back at his pictures from the hospital and my journal same night when he sliced his back open. And what I had been learning about quantum entanglement is that when two particles or you can substitute people because we come from particles, right? Exactly. When two people are quantum entangled. They experience two ends, not the same exact thing, but two ends of the same experience. And so what it is, is the feminine will usually experience the, the mental and emotional, the masculine will experience the physical. And so I said, whoa, I went inward. And that night with my back, I was transmuting all the belief systems, all the feelings, all the mental um, entanglement or or chaos. And I was, or I was putting it into order. And I said, and you experienced the pain. Now, the other thing that I've understood is that anytime there is an increase in consciousness, there is a price that has to be paid and that pay payment is pain. And so um, anyway, that's just a little bit of our story, but yeah, we have had many more of those things we've put together in different times in our life. He had, um, you know, you, being Mormon, you know, the story of Joseph Smith and his leg and, um, well, um, let's, let's yeah. back it up. Cause not everybody yeah. listens to no, those, you know, okay. what? So Joseph Smith, the founder of, of, of the original, the OG prophet of the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints had a vision where he saw God and Jesus Christ. But prior to that, when he was a little kid, he had a leg injury. And back then you would take a bunch of alcohol and he didn't believe in that. And he said, just if, if I remember this correctly, just if my mom will, my dad will hold me, then yeah. I will handle the pain. And yeah. so you're just like, Oh, and he wouldn't let his mom be there to see be it. There. Yes. Okay. So go for it. People. Yes. Yeah, so he almost, well, really, I wanted to just share, he'd almost lost his leg. He it was like, maybe possibly going to have to be amputated. And the, the, it, the infection had traveled so far up. Well, bone, bone marrow, right? Yeah. Drill into the bone without any anesthesia. Right. So Steve had stepped on a nail on his right leg when he was in eighth grade. He basically missed most of that school year because he got, it got infected. They thought they'd taken care of it. They got infected. It traveled up. And when they finally got back to it, um, he, his parents had had to sign. It was the same, basically the same thing that I can't remember the name of it, but it was exactly what Joseph Smith had dealt with. And he, his parents had to sign a disclosure that, you know, they were okay if he had to have his foot amputated or his knee amputated or his hip, like, and luckily it, they ended up healing it. The doctor was like, there's a small chance we can still get it all cleared out. And so even that, all of these different experiences. He's literally almost died multiple times. <laughs> I've never experienced, like, I've never even broken a bone. I cut my finger once, <laughs> like, like that's it. And yet um, I've gotten really good at, at getting straight and clear with my mind and um, letting pain, emotional, mental pain go. But yet I've had a lot of that come along. So the generational, back to the generational stuff, um, 
very spiritual experiences have come from it. And some people align with that. Some people don't, because really when someone shares a spiritual experience, if you haven't had it, you kind of just have to take their word for it and go, huh. You know, I think, I think sometimes the struggle, and I'd love to get your take on this is that sometimes it feels like destiny instead of choice. Yeah. Right. And I think that's maybe why people kind of resist it. What are your thoughts on that? You know, because nobody wants to feel like you're just being pulled through the universe, right. Or life. Um, you want to feel like you have choices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I do think we have choices, but I would love to kind of your take on maybe that conflict with people, why they don't like. Yeah. The, I don't know if you want to call it spiritual, I, metaphysical. It is. It's very spiritual and very metaphysical. It's both. And yet um, I was, I was curious about that too, because, you know, one of the the things we want to believe is we have free agency, we have choice and nobody else, nobody else gets to control that choice. Right. And yet, (laughs) wait, we sound like teenagers. um, Nobody has any control over me and I'm in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to go to my room. Yes, you do that, that I provide. (laughs) (laughs) But just like you said it, I was like, yeah, we are kind of teenagers down here having tinter tantrums being like, I want it my way. Exactly. (laughs) The body we have, right? Yeah. Right. And so I'll share some of my experiences. Some are very spiritual and metaphysical. And so about two years after my mom died, well, two years after I met him, and then, um, and I'm so about, glad your mom didn't get to see you with, I mean, like that you didn't get to see your mom, see you with Zeke. I mean, you know that your mom knows because you and I both believe in something beyond here. Right. right. But mm-hmm. it just would have been so tender at the wedding for your mom to be like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but I always had her near my siblings, even my siblings, I was having so many spiritual experiences and times when messages were given to me and I was able to pass them on to my siblings. And they're like, how'd you know that? I'm like, I'm just telling you, mom told me like, but how mom can't talk to you. I'm like, yeah, actually, if you believe then, then they are much closer than you're putting them with your belief. If you don't believe they're in reach, then you're putting them way away from you and you're not going to be in reach with them. And so I kept having that's, this that's a mic drop here because you know, what we believe is reality, right? right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not open, you know, these spirits don't get to overcome our, our safety bubble, right? Right. Let that in good or right. bad. It is. You hold the key to the door or you, you control the doorway, open it up and let it in or just keep it closed. And you'll just keep experiencing things the way you're experiencing them. And so I kept having these experiences and part of it was my spontaneous healing. If you talk to people that have had spontaneous healings, they are likened to near death experiences because in that moment, the individual realizes their, and I mean, really recognizes their multidimensionality and they go, whoa, I am everything and nothing. And I, and I'm controlling this and I can move out of it and I can stay in it. And I'm making it sound so simple, but in a complete um, awareness and consciousness has to shift and change in order for you to have it. it. I'm eating it up. Like literally (laughs) during this, I've had tears because (laughs) I'm connecting with it so much. My, the day, the day I was told to marry my husband, I yeah. had what you would, you know, like an interdimensional moment where it was like, I knew everything. And yet I 
didn't know. I just knew like the path I was supposed to take. It was just this second where I was instructed with, you know, two hours of information in one second. Yes. And I knew coming out of that, I was doing X, Y, and Z. And those were all leading to marrying my husband. Yeah. And he came up to me and said, when? Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, it's not like we go around in our day-to-day life being like, okay, you know, are we in sync right now? But there's this amazing thing when you realize there is something beyond and it guides. Right. And we can tap into that, you know, different people call it different things. I call it God. Some people call it source Some call it energy. I've seen you use all those different terminology, right? But mm-hmm. we can connect into that and it can be a source of making life more clear. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so this idea of are we in choice or is it destiny or fate? You know, that's another word people use. And I kind of expanded my studies of quantum entanglement after meeting him because I kept being intrigued by whoa what is going on in my life guy on woo woo (laughs) right (laughs) no I would have just just for the story I mean that that's 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 a good story you can't let that story end badly you've got a responsibility Mm -hmm. to all romantics out there Angie Right, right, exactly. And so I started just, I kept reading and studying and I actually did come across a, an article, a couple articles, and both happened to be out of MIT. And one was that a year, no, two years after we met, I, I tend to get downloads a lot. I'll just have an increase of awareness and go, I don't know how I understand this, but I understand this. And I'll just spit it out to him and I'll say, So this one day, it was very scientific. I started talking to him about how I understand how quantum entanglement is gravity. Gravity is love, and it's holding the matrix of the earth in a metaphysical way together. And yet the quantum entanglement is one is holding this end and one is holding this end. So they're balancing and the scales, so to say, on the earth. And and there was so much more to it. I sat there and Native Americans, you know, call the earth, you know, Mother Earth. Yes. Gaia. So I was eating that up. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so I was sharing all of it with him. And at the end I went, okay, I don't even know how I know all of that, but that was pretty deep. And so I started Googling right after I spit it all out to him. I was like, is gravity love? Does it, does quantum entanglement cause gravity? Um, and sure enough, in 2013, MIT had put out this big article about how they discovered that quantum entanglement um, causes gravity or creates gravity. Gravity is actually love. It's unconditional love holding and anchoring into the earth. And, um, and then at the end, I had told him, I said, it's all sacred geometry. It's the tetragrammatron. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the tetragrammatron is a scientific word for the name Yahweh, God. Yeah, I've heard a little and, bit about that. And I just juicy, interesting stuff. Yeah, it is. And so I had shared all that with him. And at the end, it was really funny because reading this article to him out loud from MIT, I said, let me read this. Let's see what it says. And at the end, it said, oh, and by the way, there's some geometry involved. We don't quite understand it. And I had just told him, I'm like, it's the sacred, it's sacred geometry. It's the tetragrammatron. It's the this. And I went through it all. And, and then when I was done, I was like, I don't know what all that is. Like, I really don't understand how I know all of that. And you're just exhausted because I would call that, you know, a God moment, right? Where you're just getting that, you said the word download, but it's like exhausting. 
It is because it is kind of like I, that was more <laughs> spiritual insight than my physical body can take right now. <laughs> right. And so, so back to your question about choice, the other article I found then after coming across that one and then researching a little more talked about how um, in the infinite possibilities, in the, the multiverse, if you will, that everyone has a quantum entangled partner that they are literally linked to, connected to through all space and time. I have understood it in my own um, awareness of that there at the beginning of your creation, there's two flames, two um, essences, if you will, that choose to come in because it requires the masculine and feminine. It requires the positive and the negative to create. So they choose to come in. It's like in Genesis, it would be the Adam and the Eve you know, and that the Eve was taken from Adam. We are literally learning about quantum entanglement right there in that very first and second chapter of Genesis, showing us how the man and woman come from the one to create two, right? What? So, yeah, okay, we are. so fun. I love this so much. Good. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so they, you know, when people say, oh, do you believe the Bible? Literally, it's like, well, you know, there are some things that are a little, you know, you know, your, your logical mind's going to go, well, well, no, for example, I don't believe that they literally took the rib from Adam. Right. You know, there's something more to it, but they, you know, God presents or information is best presented in a way that we can understand it. Yes. The analogy yeah. of stories. If you were to talk to ancient man and be like, so let me talk to you about you know, quantum entanglement, and they've just figured out fire. <laughs> like, a little much. <laughs> a little bit too much information right now. It's like the Star Trek, those who watch Star Trek, you know, where the, oh, what do they call it? Like the, they have this rule that if you go into a civilization that's not as advanced as the start, you know, the, the people watching the Star Trek, right? Yes. They can't give them technology they haven't discovered yet. Right. Yeah. And so, we can't be entitled to information we haven't discovered yet, you know, and anyone who's a parent knows this. Right. In you fact, have you, have you seen the movie Eternals? Yeah, I did. I did. In fact, I just started watching it, you know, for 10 minutes here and 15 minutes there. But when I first saw the movie, I was like, I really feel like I need to rewatch this to get what they're saying. But it yeah. is kind of like this, this whole concept of time remember. have as much relevance yeah, I remember him pulling in and saying, well, I'm going to give him this technology now. And the one woman's like, well, they're not ready for that yet. What, you can't take them that far, that quickly. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's that same type of because an idea. people don't like that because then it makes you feel like, going back to what we're talking about, choice is taken. Because yeah. once you know a better way, well, you're like, well, you know, I was, I was engaged to a guy who was like, I have plenty of money. You don't have to, you know, do anything. And I'm like, if I had married him as a trucker's daughter, all my problems would have been solved. Yeah. Right? Right. Everything that I put out there is something I wanted, but just the idea that he didn't expect anything from me was ripping me off of something. Exactly. And, you know, we are here to learn and to grow and to strive. And if somebody just came in and said, by the way, you just spent the last 40 years being totally stupid. We're like, but did we, because it's a process too. 
It is right. And, and so it's that process of increasing in awareness or consciousness. And so, yeah, that other article talked about the, in those infinite possibilities, we all have that other person and they are literally holding the line with us. And, um, we go through many, many, many portions of creation and, um, are evolving. I've looked at it as my DNA because of this ancestral healing that, um, and like I said, I'd share some spiritual moments after my mom passed away. And, um, about three months after he and I started dating, I got these downloads. Um, but it felt like they were literally coming from my mom, not from God or from, um, anyone else. I was hearing her voice. It was almost like telepathic communication. And she said to me, um, I was, I was also communicating back to her, I was kind of pondering on the question, how is this all happening? Because we'd only been together three months and we were having, we were starting to experience telepathy between he and I, when we were not like, there was a time I was in Florida, he was here, he could feel what I was going through and what I was doing in that moment. And he texted, he goes, are you doing this? You know? And I said, oh my gosh, how do you know I'm doing that right this minute? And he said, I can feel it. Like, I feel like it's happening to me. And I went, this is getting really interesting and strange. And so, um, but because we saw his, his back and everything happened on the same night, 12 years before we met, we started going, this has all been happening our whole life, but we didn't know it. We weren't aware that someone was on the other end, helping us go through the things we're going through, you know, transmuting the things we're transmuting and working through. And, and so my mom came through that night, three months after we met and she I kind of said, what is going on, mom? Like, what is happening here? And she said, look, Zeke and I were not supposed to get married. We fulfilled our purpose. We were supposed to create a pathway for you two to meet. And I went, what? Like, this is more than I, you know, is more than I could understand. And, and I as said, a mom, as a mom, right? Yeah. Isn't that our goal as a parent is to give our kids what they need? And wouldn't you make any sacrifice? Right. But I thought to myself, I knew what she felt because I had the same back pain. I knew the sorrow and the sadness. I, my back pain was a result of believing I should be with this other person. My mom lived with that back pain till the day she died. So she lived with it for 50 something years and I had to deal with it for 10 and I felt like a cripple while I had it. Well, if you... If you had, if she had married Zeke, then you and Steve would have been doing incest and that would have been awkward. So it's <laughs> right. really good that that's not how it happened because that's a whole different story. And we don't endorse that on Share Your Hotness podcast. <laughs> that is not very hot. <laughs> no, the incest thing. You are hot. Right. All hot. Right. I mean, the incest thing would not be very hot. Yeah, that would not, we don't endorse that. So just glad we're really clear. Right. (laughs) Just kind of skimmed over that possibility. So we we locked that in. (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of, there you have my story in a nutshell, although it is constantly surprising us. And yeah, so we, we got married two years after we met and enjoyed that, you know, all the getting to know each other and everything. And, and we got married on, I, he told me I could choose the day he asked. And, and I was like, I think we want to get married in two or three weeks. And we had a very small wedding. We had like yeah. 12 people there. That's all we wanted. We didn't want to make it a big deal. And, um, and 
we got married on February 21st, 2021. So it was 221-221. And I told him it's the two into one, the two into one. So we were becoming one again. You got a quantum entanglement date. Okay, so I'm just imagining there's a question from the audience. Okay, so imagine we've got this uh, individual, a lady who's married to a guy and it's not the right guy and she's 70 or whatever. Um, In quantum entanglement, do sometimes our person are they always born at the same time do we know this is it like when we go to heaven we'll get i mean i imagine with this whole theory that we go to heaven we're going to be like they're in heaven we'll be like oh you're my person and your other person you know the person you've been married to is gonna be like oh there's my person and so nobody's going to be stuck with anyone they don't want to be with like it's it's going to be heaven so it's not going to be sad right right Right. So do we know if our quantum entanglement person, you know, this person's like, maybe I'm married to the wrong person, but it's too late because, you know, he died or, you know, we've been together for 60 years or, you know. Yeah. Well, I may say something, (laughs) right. I may share something that might not jive with everyone because it really won't. I, I didn't even know what I thought about this when it first started to come in about two years ago. Um, Often what happens with quantum entanglement is when two quantum entangled particles or people come into union, they literally open all timelines. So this was part of one of those MIT articles as well. And I had told him it hadn't started occurring much yet, but for me, it had just not for him yet. And um, when I got that download, I said, the other part was, hey, um, what what I'm being told is that it opens up all timelines and they start to see all time and space. And the article said that it opens up um, a wormhole and it gives them access to all time and space. I just didn't know that word. Like I didn't know wormhole. You, you know, watched and, enough Star Trek. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, <laughs> so I did a little Star Trek symbol. Yeah. My sister's friends, I thought they were just the coolest people in the whole entire world. And they taught me all about Dungeons and Dragons and taught me how to do <laughs> this with um you know the, the, Vulcan, the Vulcan thing so I, <laughs> so make the like, I can do it with both me. hands which is a little <laughs> bit um just shows my my sister's uh geeky nerdy um friend friend influence on me because that would how I get validation is going up and being like you know rubbing I, off on you I yeah. even do a few words of Vulcan that's a little weird because it's not a real language but I'm really glad that my research into this very cool world has helped me for this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you should go back and watch probably more Star Trek. And I didn't well, really maybe just keep it, getting the downloads from the source. I think that's totally fine. But I right. do, I do, uh, you know, I've had feelings with my daughter that's passed that I can yeah. literally tell and feel when she's in the room. And so <laughs> when you were talking about with we're being open to those things, um, you know, where do all these stories of hauntings come from? right? Um, And you think about all these different layers and different cultures and how there's these similarities of what we'd call religion or faith, how there are a lot of these, because there is a source, I believe, that is giving this to us. And this is just another proof of, you know, we can't put our minds around it because our minds are so based in time. Right. We're born and we die, right? That's what we've always experienced as human beings on this planet. And mm-hmm. then to think that there's something infinite out there. And right. what's cool is it's sending us messages. Yeah, because we place a measurement on time. And 
So what I had started experiencing when I shared this shortly before I shared this to, with him, I think it's part of why I got the download. I was ready for it was that I was seeing other space and time and I was a part of it. And I was going, are these other lifetimes? Like, are we multi like, because I'd experienced my multidimensionality. I went, have I had other lifetimes? And, and I was getting all of these call them memories. I, I was recalling other spaces and time. And so, um, what that was showing me was that it was possible. And, and if that's the case, which I have come to feel it is, is that we have many, many experiences and all those experiences give us the awareness that we need to, I truly believe we become gods, but if we're going to become a God, we need to know all things. And how do we know something through experience? Experience right. is the greatest teacher. You can't experience everything in one lifetime. There's no way you will experience everything in one lifetime. So I had to start wrapping my head around, maybe, maybe I can believe in other lifetimes. Well, and, I don't know. You know, my daughter, Caitlin, that is not in a physical body, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe she's kind of following along with our experience. And so that's where I think some of these memories can come from. Yeah. Because we as beings before we lived, maybe mm -hmm. not in a physical form, but perhaps following along and mentoring and guiding and hoping for yeah, those that would come after us. Right. Right. Or Assisting. Right. Yeah. And, and as a parent, you know, how many times have we just sat there and just kind of looked at our kid and I know for me, it's healed some, some wounds of my childhood to give mm -hmm. my kids a different experience. And then I gave myself a different experience. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it is, it, it comes in so many ways. And then also I've seen that it, it just kind of collapses all time and space. Like um, when he showed up to my door for our first date, literally when I opened the door, he didn't say hi, you know, like we'd already remember, we'd already kind of talked a bit and he shows up for this first date. And the first word out of his mouth, when I opened the door, he goes, I've been here before. And I went, wait, what? You've been to this house before? He goes, yeah. So at the time Stalker. I lived here. Stalker. And I lived in Daybreak at the time. Don't you live in that area or something? In yeah, South uh -huh. Florida? And I don't live there anymore. But when, when he said that, I said, wait, you've been to this house, like this exact one. And he said, yeah. And, and he goes, and Angie, I've only been to Daybreak twice of all the times once was to a friend's party and the other was to this house. And I said, when did you show up at this house and why? And he said, I was making like a, a sales call or a visit for insurance. And I said, this house, he goes, yeah, I've sat in that kitchen. And I went, and I didn't know what I was talking about, but it flew out of my mouth. And I said, Oh, you just arrived too soon. And he goes, what? And I said, you knew you were going to be coming here, but you just arrived too soon. And he said, how do you know that? And I go, I don't know how I know that, but I just know that. <laughs> so there's just been a lot of weird, strange occurrences and the, just one after the other, after the other, it just never ceases to amaze us. That, okay. I love all of this. I literally have cried like twice during this podcast, <laughs> just being like, yes, I love it so much so, yeah. because it, it brings so much more meaning when we think yeah. about these kinds of things and so much more significance to trials. To know yeah. that they're not just what we are seeing in front of us when we look in the mirror. 
Right. Well, and you also ask about, you know, what would this other woman, what would you tell them if they're with the wrong person or they think I've been, I spent all this time with the wrong person? I would say, no, you haven't. You have learned through the contrast what you, what you, what feels like when you're following your heart and what it feels like when you're not. See, I don't regret my first marriage at all. I had a lot of things come to the surface, a lot of healing that needed to occur. Even my husband did. And um, and then we had four beautiful children and everything. And yet I can look back on it and go, wow, I really learned how not to do it so I could learn how to do it, um, you know, and and really be in love and not be missing love the right. whole time. And at the end of the day, you discovered gifts about yourself. Yeah. And yeah. we're open to those gifts. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it so much. Okay. So you, I met you, you were doing... Um, owned a training company where you go into corporate and teach people, you know, personal development. Really, Yeah. I was going to say, it's like, not <laughs> You're like, I'm teaching you how to listen to your inner download. Right. right. <laughs> corporate right. may not be ready for that. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah. So tell, tell us just a teeny bit about, about that so that people have an idea. Cause I feel like this has been so deep that we've just let the, like the curtains go back to this deep metaphysical conversation. And so I want people to kind of know a little bit more about how to connect with you. Yeah. So I did. Um, I've lived all over the country, came back to Utah in 2016, started a coaching company two weeks later, and um, we had great success. We, Me and my business partner were together for about two and a half years. We wrote a, a year's worth of curriculum to take people through a very in-depth um, going inward uh, so they could observe themselves and understand themselves more. And so that's a year-long curriculum program that I still use today. It was part of my agreement in parting ways with him that, hey, we've created this beautiful work. Can I continue to use it? And and we agreed that, yeah. And so I continue to use that. I've gone on after that. Um, So I do coach and I do mindset coaching, um, inner alignment, vibrational alignment. You can call it whatever you want, but really it's cleansing your inner vessel of your demons, you know? And, um, And then I went on to do some work writing uh, content for a mental and emotional biofeedback company technology that picks up your vibration. And um, that I spent about a year and a half doing that. And then about right after I finished that, a couple months after I was asked by a a local MLM company to um, write a personal development program for them and coach their brand partners. That's called Lura Life is the company and my program's called Lura Light. And it takes them through, it's really just a touch of personal development, but helps them really start to see who they are. And their businesses, be more fulfilled. Yeah, right. More fulfilled, but also by knowing themselves, because that's really, anytime we're seeking for something outside of ourselves, whether it's success or money or health or whatever, it's found inside. So I take them inside, right? Preach it, preach it. This is why giving, you know, being a victim and putting all this power and others to change your circumstances is never going to get you where you want. You right. Know, ranting against the man because he's, you know, been unjust, you know, mean to you or whatever, even if it's true, it's never going to solve the problem. Right. Because wherever you go, there you are. You are your problem. <laughs> so now you're showing up in that. Right. And yeah. That's a really harsh thing to say to people when they're like, well, they sexually molested me. But that's the thing I talk about my my second book, Love Me Too, is it doesn't matter who created the mess. 
at the end of the day, you're the ones responsible to have to clean it up. Doesn't mean you caused it. Right. You got to clean the mess up because it's going to, it's the gift you're giving to you. Right. Cause you have to keep living with you. So, right. you know, yeah. So that was just a, a beginner's course, um, but it's beautiful. It's a, I, I use a very earthy Lura light means earth light. So I called it Lura light or sorry, Lura life means earth life. So I called it Lura light, which is earth light. I see what and, you did there. Yeah. yeah, right. And so we I use the concept of a seed and and planting and um it's very kind of um uh indigenous. So I kind of go to the earth, right? And use all of that and teach them in 12 weeks uh the concepts that they need to really help them move the needle, you know, in their life. And then now I'm um I'm still coaching. I have three uh, companies knocking at the door right now. I'm working to develop an integration program for a ketamine clinic to help integrate um, the experiences in that and an individual's ketamine um, treatment. And then another um, voice technology out of Nashville has come to me and asked me to write content and um, curriculum for a practitioner course um, for using their technology. And then there's a, another one that's um, a local um, female like opportunity that's been just presented this last week. So I'm kind of seeing how it unfolds, but really it's just, I've realized my own path is that I wait for the invitation. When the invitations come, I see if I align with them or not. And, and I've recognized that that's actually been happening to me since I was 16 years old. I've never really looked for work ever. I've always had someone come up, Hey, you should do this. Oh, that sounds fun. Or, Oh no, no thanks. And I just follow it. And, um, and it's always yielded me great. Yeah. When, you know, they, they talk about flow a lot of times in the business world and I'm like, flow yeah. is called a referral. <laughs> right. Listen to it. It's yeah. going up. You invited you know, it in. But- you know, we go out and try to find new businesses, business owners all the time. But if you're putting goodness out there, people can come to you. People can see what that is. And of course, if you've actually produced a result in someone, you don't have to be pounding the pavement. They'll refer you. Right. Yeah. I love it so much, Angie. This is so cool. So um, the whole entire point of this is that we get to see what kind of gets you to spark and what's your story and having people lean into different experiences. And thank you so much for making me cry. I love it so much. I'm going to go yeah. tell my husband, he's my person right he across <laughs> the country to find me. He's stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> you were already communicating before you even spoke. That, that, um, is a that was, we dated, you know, I mean, obviously yeah. when I had that, that download that I was to, to marry him, but um, I pretended to be a butterfly the night we met and he still, he still pursued me. So he knew I was weird. And just like my husband, your husband knew you were this metaphysical. Cause you're like, wait, <laughs> you just showed up too early. Yeah. I love it. All the weird things. Yeah. Never. I think a big takeaway from this, you know, other than just these mind blowing moments of we are more than what we think we are is that we should never doubt our gifts. Right. Our inner knowing. Yeah, it comes to the surface and it does. It shows up in the, I realize it shows up in the words we say because I I found myself so many times in the last three years going, I don't know how I know that, but I do. And and it it will just come out. I'll spit something out and be like, well, surprise myself. Yeah. And I love that you, when you get this download, you go and find the science. 
Yeah, I love it. That's the logical side of me. I'm a, I'm pretty balanced between, yep, I'm a little weird, but I also realize that um, by understanding the patterns in the matrix, patterns show us the proof. They really do. Some people have said, well, there's no proof for any of this. I said, yeah, it is. Just go back in time and look at the patterns in these types of relationships. They'll always be the same because that's the type, the type of relationship it is. Right. And the other thing I'm loving that I want everyone to take away from this is how love is gravity. And literally we'll talk about how you feel grounded. Yes. And, you know, I, my husband takes me in his arms. It's like, I'm home. Yeah. Right. And having those experiences, maybe not just in the sake of love, but feeling grounded in who you are and knowing this is, this is where I stand. This is yeah, you right. You got to get to that space. That's that unconditional love can't be felt outside of yourself until it's felt inside of yourself. It, boom. Mic drop. Boom. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, yeah. and those that hurt us are hurting us with the, the weapons they lo- used on themselves. Right. right. Yeah. And so I just love this story so much. And thank you. Thank you, thank Angie, you. for being on this episode of share your hotness. And in, as always in the show notes, we'll have information of where you can reach out to Angie and offer her her next awesome opportunity that she has to wage out if she's going to take that. <laughs> such a problem. Thank you. You know, I do have to say I have two daughters and I got both my daughters, your book. And one of them, you were actually able to sign for my daughter. I think she knows someone, you know, and was somewhere anyway, but she got her book signed by you and, you know, anyone can get books signed by me if they order from my website. (laughs) I mean, very exclusive. This one was in person though. I know that because she came home, mom, look at this. And I was like, Cause I already had one and had given it to my older daughter. This was my younger daughter. And I go, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know Letta. And so my daughter came across you somewhere. Awesome. Personally. Maybe you were speaking at their maybe, young maybe women like or something. Quantively connected. As awesome. We probably are. Yeah. <laughs> we all are. Yeah, so. Out there doing good. Right. Right. Totally. Yes. Thank you for mentioning my books. As you know, there's no greater compliment than to know you've impacted someone. So yeah, they're beautiful. So thank you. Thank you so much, Angie. And thank you again for being on. Okay, you bet. I'm so pleased that I got to come on and and visit with you again. We haven't seen each other in a while. I know, I know we should should talk more (laughs) often, but I don't know if you heard there was a pandemic. Oh, I know. So here we are. So much awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's true. The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.